Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hey, New Point, I trust that you're doing well. I trust that you've been able to get away maybe for a little vacation or you have it on your calendar because it's hard to believe that we're at the end of July. And so I I trust that you're taking some time to be able to invest in those relationships that are most important to us. And there's none of them that are more important than our family. So I trust that you'll get that on the calendar if you haven't already done that. Now, we're also coming to a conclusion here with the book of Colossians. And uh, we've been reading through that every week, right? I'm sure that you have. It's a small book. It's four chapters, 95 verses, uh, 15 times. Paul refers to it as being in Christ. The main theme is Jesus, and he's calling this young church, he's calling this young church to be rooted and established in the person of Jesus Christ, because there were some people in their community, okay, they were under Rome, who were trying to cause them to doubt who Jesus Christ really was. And was he enough? Was he greater than everyone and everything? And Paul is reaffirming to them that, you know what, Jesus is enough. He's greater than anything in all of life, or even for that matter, eternity. And so we're glad that you're joining us. I want to welcome all of you at our locations, as well as those of you who are joining us online. And so here's my question for you as we wrap up. Have you ever asked yourself, there must be more? There must be more to life. I really believe that I was created for something greater than maybe what I'm experiencing or living right now. That surely there's something more significant. Surely there's, there's a greater purpose in my life than just to live and die. And so I want to encourage you today that there is, and it begins with Jesus. You see, Jesus not only has a greater hope, and greater wholeness, and greater freedom, but he has a greater purpose for you and me. And he wants you to reach your potential. That's why here at New Point, we say that we want to lead you, we want to inspire you to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is really doing in chapter four, and we want to get at that. Because he wants you to understand that Jesus, listen to me, Jesus has given you everything you will need to live out your purpose, to live out his calling on you. And what I want to do is I just want to give you three basic truths, three basic principles, pillars, if you will, of how you and I can live out this greater purpose. Because I'm telling you, when you do this, you'll really come alive. You'll really come alive. And so Paul wraps up this letter and he writes this, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. What's the mystery of Christ? That he's enough, 
that he lived, he died, and he rose again for your sins so that you can be forgiven, so that you can have a relationship with your creator and not know him as the creator, but get to know him as your father. He says, for which I am in chains. Then he continues, he says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way in which you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. He goes on, he says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You see, they were under Roman government, and they were not being treated well. And he's saying, hey, you know what? I I want you to have salt in how you respond to people. I want it to be a, a, a blessing to them and to create a thirst in their life for what you know and what you have experienced. Now, he says here, be devoted to prayer. Now, here's what we need to understand. The key to prayer is not to focus on prayer. The key to prayer is to get to know God the Father. You see, that's why when the disciples came to Jesus, they said, would you teach us how to pray? Why? Because that's the the lifeblood of every follower of, of Christ. It's being able to talk with our heavenly father. And so Jesus told him, this is how you are to pray. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, here's what he's saying. You're praying to a father who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, all-forgiving, all-present, all-capable, and his heart is inclined towards you. He wants to bless you. He only has that which is good for you. Now, if that's true of our Heavenly Father, what would you talk to him about? Everything. Everything. Dad, I had a great day. Let me tell you about it. Dad, today was pretty hard. It was pretty rough. I got beat up. Let me tell you about it. Dad, I, I, I learned something about you today. I heard something about you today. Can I tell you? I didn't realize it about you. Dad, I'm confused. I'm not for sure what to do. I'm not for sure how to handle this. Would you give me some wisdom? Would you help me navigate this? Dad, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know how to deal with this situation. I need to know that that you're there. I need reassurance from you. You see, Paul was saying, be devoted to prayer. Talk to your heavenly father. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all loving. And he's for you. You see, here's what we need to understand. God doesn't need you and I to pray. We need to pray for ourselves. We need to have that life blood. We need to be able to have that life line. And so Paul tells them, listen, in the midst of everything that's going on in your world, in the trouble that you're experiencing with the Roman government, with the trouble that you're experiencing with false teaching, and everything that's going on in your life, you need to devote yourself to prayer. 
You see, listen to me. The key to the Christian life is talking to your heavenly father every single day. Every single day because he's for you. And so here's what I want us to understand today. And that is this. Greater purpose in how we pray. Jesus gives us a greater purpose in how we pray. And he says here, pray watchfully. He says, be watchful. What does he mean here? He means pray with a sense of awareness of what God is doing in your life. Pray with a sense of awareness of what he is doing around you. You see, prayer is powerful, but we have to be watchful. We have to look for opportunities. You see, there's all kinds of opportunities for you and me, all kinds. But we have to seize those. And we won't seize those unless we're watchful. Let me explain it to you this way. Some of you guys will know, okay, if you're a deer hunter, you know, you'll sit all day watching for one opportunity. And when you have that opportunity, guess what? Your heart begins to what? Beat real fast because you're saying, oh my, I got this opportunity. And as that deer shows up that you've been waiting for, you're saying, oh my lands, I didn't know I was going to have this big of an opportunity. That's what Paul's talking about. He's saying, devote yourself in prayer and be watchful. He says, be watchful. Look around and see the people in your life. See the people that God brings you to. See the people that crosses your path. See the people right in front of you. There's people there who need to be loved. There's people there who need to be encouraged. There's people there who need to be helped. There's people there who need to be cared for. Why? Because God values everyone. And what happens is he has a greater purpose for you. And that is how you pray and just say, God, help me to be watchful today. Help me to see what you see. Because when I see as you see, I'll do what you say. And so let me ask you a question. We live in a world of distraction. Would you agree with me? So what's getting in your way of being watchful in your life? Huh? What's distracting you? from being watchful, of seeing the people in your life. You see, the fact of the matter is we're on mission. Paul was telling them, you're on mission. You have the greatest answer in the world, Jesus. And there's all kinds of people around you who need him. And there's an opportunity for you to be Jesus to other people. We're going to talk about that in the next series so you don't want to miss it. Come back. But that's what Paul is saying. Be devoted to prayer by being watchful. You see, I tell you, and I don't want to be overly critical because I've been guilty of this as well. But probably the main thing in your life and in my life that distracts us from being watchful is this, right? This thing right here, our, our, our phone, we just look at it like this, right? And we want to find out what's going on out there. And what happens is we miss what's going on right in front of us. And see, what happens is when I'm, when I'm looking at this, I can't see if my, my, my wife or my kids are hurting because I'm distracted. 
I can't see if my friends, my coworkers are hurting or struggling. I can't see if they're confused or if they need help because I'm looking at this thing right here. Now, this isn't a sin, but it is definitely a distraction. And it'll keep you and I from connecting with other people because we're not watchful. God's going to bring all kinds of people across your path every single day that he wants you and I to connect with. But the enemy will want to distract you. You see, we, we can think that we're engaged and we're watchful when we're tracking on social media, but you're only folding yourself, okay? Being watchful is believing that God will place people in your life, that you can minister hope, that you can help, that you can encourage. Because you know what? There's all kinds of people today that's going through transitions. There's all kinds of people who are experiencing tension in their life. There's all kinds of people who are going through tragedy in their life. And all three of those, you know what they breathe? Instability. And when people are going through change, they're looking for islands of stability. They're looking for somebody to bring hope and stability in their life. And there's no one that is more stable than the person of Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so how do we live with greater purpose? It's how we pray. We pray watchfully, but we also pray thankfully, okay? We pray with thanksgiving. We pray with gratitude, remembering what God has done. See, these people were experiencing all kinds of different things, and some of them were not good. And it's very easy for you and I to forget what God has done in the past. And so what he was saying here is to pray thankfully. Have a mindset. Remember everything that God has done for you. Everything that he's brought you through. Everything that he has taught you. And what that does is that breeds hope. And when it breeds hope into you and me, what happens is it lets me know that hope can come again, that he'll do it again. You see, Paul was right. Listen, Paul was writing this letter, okay, that you and I know as Colossians, from prison. How many of us would be sending out, I'm so encouraged cards if we were in jail? I don't know if I would. How about you? You see, he was in jail and he was saying, okay, hey, you know what? I'm encouraged. I'm praying and I'm praying with a heart of thanksgiving, even though he was in chains for Christ. And he's writing a letter to encourage people to remember who Jesus is. And when you remember who Jesus is and what he has done, then what happens is you will be thankful. You will be thankful. He was teaching them and training them in the importance of being thankful. You see, what we have to remember is this. Life is like a railroad track, okay? You got two tracks, right? There's good and there's bad. There's awesome and there's awful. And what happens is they run simultaneously, concurrently. They're both going on at the same time. So guess what? My life isn't always good, and my life isn't always bad. My life isn't always awesome, and my life isn't always awful. But what happens sometimes is we can allow the bad, the awful, to be the domineering force in our life. 
and we can focus on that. And it can be overbearing. It can be frightening. Where what happens is everything we see is overwhelming. Everything that we experience is a crisis. Everything that we're going through is a big issue, is trouble. And what happens is this. We begin to live in fear. We begin to live in anxiety. And so the church at Colossae, they were experiencing some awful things, some, some bad things, okay, under the Roman government. And what he was saying is, I know that you're experiencing that. I'm not telling you to deny that, but I also want you to realize the good. I want you to be grateful, and gratitude is recognizing the good. It's not ignoring the bad. And so the fact of the matter is, if we're not careful, we can focus on the awful and the bad, and our lives can be filled with anxiety and anxiousness and fear. And what happens is many times the things that we are afraid of, many times they don't even happen. The thing that has made us anxious didn't happen the way that we thought it was, and we're freaking out for no reason at all. And what happens is we have to come back and we have to pray watchfully, but also with thanksgiving. And remember that God is with us. His presence, his peace, his power, his provision, his grace. Don't overlook that, I'm telling you. And that's what Paul was saying to them. You see, listen, the Christ follower lives in reality. He realizes, she realizes that, hey, you know what? In this world, you will have trouble, tribulations. That's the bad. But be of good courage, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. That's the good. And so God is with you. And so what he wants you to understand is this, okay? We need to emphasize the good. If there's ever a time in our world that we need to emphasize the good, it's right now that God is with us, that you know what? Good things are happening. And he gives me hope even for the things that have yet to come in my life. And it allows us to have an attitude of gratitude. It allows us to have some thankfulness in our life. And it puts hope in our soul. You see, I want to give you the key to relationships. And it's this. How do you sustain relationships? Whether it's with God, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with your mom and dad, whether it's with, um, your kids, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with New Point. You know how you sustain relationships? You're grateful. You're grateful. See, the reason why people leave relationships is because they're no longer grateful for that relationship. And what has happened, no doubt, in many instances is you have faced, you, you have focused on the awful and the bad instead of focusing on the good and the awesomeness there. You know, I've told people this all the time. You know, if I focus on the things that, that, that uh, maybe I don't consider good in my marriage, I would be divorced. And it's a very small part. And we have a tendency to, to get fixed on that which we don't like. And so we become ungrateful. And so we end the relationship, even though there's much to be thankful for. And so... How do we have greater purpose? It's how we pray. We pray watchfully and we pray thankfully. But then let me give you another one, and that is this, strategically, strategically. We pray strategically. Look at what Paul says. He says, 
and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. What is Paul saying here? He says, I want to give you a greater purpose in how you pray. Pray watchfully, pray pray not only watchfully, but thankfully, but strategically. That means pray relationally and specific. You see, what happens is this allows you and I to be able to make the most of our lives. Praying specifically and strategically and relationally means, you know what, God, you're going to bring some people across my path and you want me to be able to minister hope with them. And so I need to be watchful. I need to see those opportunities. I need to see those moments where I can seize so that what happens is I might be able to say to somebody, can I pray for you? Can I help you? Is there anything that you need? How could I invest in you? How could I bless you? How could I serve you? And what happens is this. You begin to live with greater purpose, with greater purpose. And that's what Paul is telling them. Get other focus. Pray strategically. Be relationally. You see, be a person who initiates it. I know what some of us may say. We may say, well, Dwight, I'm an introvert. Really, it doesn't matter whether you're an extrovert or an introvert because you know who you really are? You're a Christ follower. You're a Christ follower and people matter to God. And so we pray to this one who is enough and will give us the ability to do everything he asks of you and me, even the people that he brings across our path. And so we will experience a greater purpose when we place a greater purpose in how we pray, but also in how we live. Look at this right here. He says, be wise in the way in which you act towards outsiders. Because if we're praying watchfully and thankfully and strategically, he's going to bring those people to us. Make the most of every opportunity. So what he is saying here is live your life. Live a contagious life. Live a contagious life among people that you know, among people that you don't know, um, among new people, among people who have been with you for a long, long time, among people that you don't even have a relationship with, because guess what? Everybody is watching you and I. Even people who don't know Jesus, they're watching you and I. And so he tells us here how to live. And he would say this, he would say, live wisely. Greater purpose in how we live is living wisely. Live with wisdom in your life, in your community, in your world. And living with wisdom means knowing how to live in a consistent way with who you are in Christ. We talked about that last week, that you are free, that you are whole, that you are complete, because that's attractive. And when you talk to people, what happens is that allows you to bring the love of God with you, the love of Jesus with you. You bring the kindness of Jesus. You bring the hope of Jesus with you. And so Paul says it like this. He says, let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone, everyone, the Romans, as well as the Jews who do not know Jesus. And so he says, seasoned with salt, that, that makes it very, very thirsty. It makes people curious. It brings a flavor to your conversation. It means that, that you're more interested in getting to know them 
than them getting to know you. And when, listen, when, when, when you are more interested in knowing them than getting them to know you, you become a very interesting person. And so what he says here is when we talk that way, God will give you and I the ability to know how to answer everyone. Doesn't mean that you're gonna be the answer man or the answer woman, but what it does mean is that when they bring up issues that you and I may not know or may not be able to fully explain, we just are humble and we say, hey, you know what? Great question. I haven't even been able to process that yet, but I'll tell you what, I'll get back with you. And so what he's talking about here is being a relational person being a relational person. You see, what happens is you and I are called to connect with other people. We're called to care for other people. We're called to be like Jesus. And so those of us who are in Christ must live a life that reflects who Jesus is. That, that's why, li, li, listen to me, you and I should be the most contagious people in the world. You and I, if, we're, if you're a Christ follower, we should be uh, better at relationships than anyone because our conversations are full of grace. They're seasoned with salt. And we know how to answer other people. You see, listen, everybody's watching you. They're watching how you respond. They're watching to see how you will react. And so what Paul is saying here is that we need to be able to live wisely. We need to be able to see things from God's perspective. And not only that, but we need to live intentionally, not just wisely, but intentionally. Look at what he says here. He says, be wise in the way in which you act towards others or outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. The word opportunity there is a business term. If you're a business person, you know that opportunities come and go. Opportunities have a what? A shelf life and so what he is saying here is live with intentionality, live with purpose. Paul is saying, listen, you have a, a limit on your time and it is fleeting. Opportunities have shelf lives. And that's why you need to pray and be watchful and be strategic because they have shelf lives. And you may only have a few opportunities with that person to be able to, to give them hope or give them help or to be Jesus to them. And what Paul is saying is, don't allow life to happen to you. You make life happen. Don't live life accidentally. Live it with purpose. Be faithful. Be faithful to Jesus. Be good stewards of, of who he is and what you know about him. Make the most of your opportunities. And so we should be creative in finding opportunities and making the most of opportunities, and getting to know people, getting to know people. And so Paul would say, you know what? Have a greater purpose on how you pray. Pray watchfully and thankfully. and Pray strategically and how you live. Live wisely. Live with intentionality. And then he would say this, greater purpose in how we speak, in how we speak. When it comes to sharing our faith, okay, there's two ways in which people think, okay, and they can polarize you. One is silence. You know, you have an opportunity to maybe speak about Jesus and you become silent, hoping that maybe somebody else will say something, but really you're the one who needs to speak up because you're the one who has the connection. And listen, I'm telling you, it's the key 
to living a fulfilled life, a purpose life. And Jesus will help you. The other way is contempt. It's just kind of the opposite. And that is, we're not silent, but we communicate that we're better than they are, that you're beneath me. And what happens is we're trying to control the situation and we're trying to impress people because we know something or maybe we have experienced something that they haven't. And both of those are wrong. Remember what Paul said? He said this, let your conversations always, not most of the time, always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You see, listen, you represent and I represent Jesus Christ. And the tone in which we talk to people about him cannot be harsh. It cannot be judgmental. What happens is we can't have the, the, the attitude that we're here to straighten people out. Listen to me very carefully. If your goal is to correct people, you will never connect with people. You hear that, dad? You hear that, mom? If your goal is to constantly correct your kids, you'll never connect with them. Paul says we're to be gracious to others, that we are to be seasoned with salt in our words. That that, that means that, that it should be appealing. It should raise their curiosity. It should make them want more. You see, the gospel is good news, and it's the best news, and it's the greatest message that you and I can give to people. And so we need to take it seriously. We must never water it down. That's why, here's what we say at New Point. You must build a bridge strong enough to bear the weight of truth. But you do that in a wise way, in an intentional way. And so what he would say here is this, is that we need to have a greater purpose in how we speak with grace and then with readiness, with readiness. Be ready to share the hope that you have. Listen, if you're living Jesus out among your family and friends, somebody's going to ask you a question. They're going to ask you how you're handling the tension in life, the transitions in life, the tragedies in life. And Paul is saying, be ready. Be ready. Listen, listen to me. We should hold our own in the marketplace on the playgrounds of life. Listen to me. If you're a Christ follower, listen to me. Each and every one of us should be able to say, here's how you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's how you get to know God as your father. And I want to emphasize that, that, that when you share, it doesn't mean that you have all the answers. It just means that you know how to help them connect with God the Father. And so you want to be humble. You don't want to bluff your way through. You don't want to be arrogant. That doesn't cut it. Okay, you, you want to be able to be full of grace, but you want to be ready. Why? Because you've been praying. You see, there's not a meeting that I don't go into that I don't pray for. I pray for the people there. And I ask God, I said, you know what? I want you to prepare these people's hearts. And I want you to help me to see the opportunity so that it's not forced, but it's natural that I can begin to tell them what you mean to me and how you help me with the tragedies of life and the tensions of life and the transitions of life. You see, listen, Paul had the confidence that God could use these young Christians, ordinary people, to change their city of Colossae, even though it was under the authority of Rome. 
And I have every confidence that God can use each and every one of us as we allow Jesus to be greater in our life. You see, Paul is letting the church at Colossae know this. You're the hope of the world, living and teaching the truth of Jesus Christ. And what Paul does, if you'll read the last 15 verses of Colossians chapter four, you know what he does? He lists names of people who have served there in that local church, who have served other people, who have loved other people, who have helped other people, who have given to other people, who have taken their babies, who have also helped the sick and the needy when everybody else turned them away. And he gives a list of people there. He mentions them. And he says they have been faithful. They have been generous. They have been kind. They have been given. And you know what? What he was saying is they live with a greater purpose. Wouldn't it be neat if Paul would write a a letter to New Point and he would mention your name and he would say, you know what? George lived with greater purpose in how he prayed and how he lived and how he spoke. And your name would be mentioned. You see, listen, 2,000 years later, we're reading about these people. You know why? Because God doesn't miss anything. You see, we should be living like everybody is watching because the most important one is watching. And so it's the church at Colossae that brought hope to their area. And God is calling you and I to a greater purpose. He's asking you and I to bring hope to Tuscarawas County, to Stark County, to Wayne County, to Holmes County to Coshocton County, to Guernsey County, to Eastern Ohio, literally around the world. And God will not forget one thing that you and I have done. You know why? Because God values people. And when you and I value people, guess what? He honors us. He blesses us. He uses us for a greater purpose. I want you to know that I believe in you. I want you to know that I believe that New Point's greatest days are ahead of us. And I want you to know that God's going to bring people in your life and in my life. And we need to be prayerful. We need to be watchful. We need to be strategic. We need to be wise. We need to live intentionally. We need to be able to speak with grace and speak with readiness. And let's see what God does. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for Paul. We thank you for this book that just speaks to where we're at today. And we thank you for the church in Colossae, that they fulfilled their calling, their mission, their purpose. And they understood that Jesus is greater than anything that they would face or have to deal with. And that it became attracted to those around them. And they became contagious. And I pray today for us, New Point, that we would embrace this truth of who Jesus is, that he is enough, and that in him we'll find greater hope, greater wholeness, greater freedom, and ultimately a greater purpose, and that we'll begin to experience life and life to the fullest. And it's in Jesus' strong name that we pray. Amen. 
If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.